I just found it was a really enjoyable juxtaposition of Rebecca being all calm and like wearing her glasses and trying to make sure she's typing everything properly. And then Nora's like all super animated and into it. Just, just really fun. Her roast was on point too. Very. I think the best line of all that was, please send my love to Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Greyhounds. Welcome to another episode of Ted Lasso is Life, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Duong. Today marks one year since the season two finale aired, and there's been zero news of season three. There's no trailer, not even a release date. It's sad times, Greyhounds. Very sad. So sad. As Ted said, there's something worse out there than being sad, and that is being alone and being sad. Ain't no one listening to this podcast alone, and hopefully by the end of it, no one will be sad either since we're counting down our top five happiest season two moments. And I'm joined again today by Chrisanne Morgan, superfan. How are you, Chrisanne? <laughs> I'm doing well, and I think that you know that this was a very difficult task for me, Kevin. I had no less than 1,236 happiest moments in season two. For those that didn't catch that reference, I believe it's in episode 201 where they mentioned that number twice. So shout out for that deep cut. Deep cuts. That's what we're here for. But I did really work hard for you, Kevin. I worked very, very hard for you and the listeners to narrow my happiest moments down to just five. It, it was hard. It hurt, Kevin. It was very difficult. <laughs> well, hopefully your pain will be the listener's gain. Let's, let's hope. All right, we'll start things off with Chrisanne's fifth most happiest moment from season two. Yes, my top five happiest moment is in the episode Do the Rightest Thing, where Jamie decides to jump in and show up and support Sam by covering the Dubai Air logo on his kit. Um, it's that moment where Jamie says, we're a team, ain't we? We have to wear the same kit. And then the moments after the match and after the press conference where Sam comes back in and the team cheers him when he walks back in and Jamie cracks a joke about Sam stealing his thunder with this, even though it's Jamie's, you know, return to the game. I just thought it was sweet. We see Jamie turning, um, turning a corner to become less self-centered and more, you know, the strong teammate that he is, which is going to lift the team up. And I just... It made my heart so happy to see that. Um, just, I love seeing the boys come together. So that's my fifth most happiest moment from season two. And coincidentally enough, that's actually one of my top moments that we'll get into a bit more detail again later on. Great minds, Kevin. Great minds. Indeed. <laughs> As for my fifth happiest moment, this will surely shock Chris Ann because it is from Beard After Hours. Yes! Should we fill in the audience on, on why this is such a big deal at all? Or do we leave that to a future episode that I'm really hoping we do? Uh, we can tell them. So I've been on the record multiple times saying that Beard After Hours is easily my least favorite Ted Lasso episode and not even close. So 
definitely would not expect one of my happiest moments to come from this episode, but here we are. And Beard After Hours is one of my favorite episodes. Um, and I have been steadily trying to wear Kevin down for us to do an episode about Beard After Hours because I love it so much. So the scene in question is when they finally sneak into the club and then the three pub lads are with the Oxford bros. Sorry, since they're in the UK, I suppose they're Oxford bros. Oxford bros. I like that. Yeah, they're definitely the Oxford bros. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like that they're about to get found out. Beer comes to save the day with his incredible Irish professor impersonation. And if you know, you know about the name that he used when he introduces himself, which as a Gen Xer made me feel so seen. I felt so seen in that moment. Well, for fellow millennials and younger like me, perhaps you could explain what the name he used was. Declan Patrick Aloysius McManus is the real name of none other than the inimitable Elvis Costello. And he was a... a a performer and songwriter that I loved through my high school and college years. And so when, and Brendan is my age. Um, so when he said that my heart just burst through my chest in a moment of happiness and pride because how brilliant, but I felt seen, I felt seen in that moment. Like we're making this show for you because they did really, they made it just for me. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> so this was just like, a really super fun scene because like obviously beard is pretty quiet guy so for them to almost go like lead tasso and have like complete 180 for his personality was such a treat to watch and uh when i posted this scene on my instagram um fellow ted lasso fan lena commented on my post that his accent was so fucking good my friend made me google that he wasn't actually irish Wow, that's impressive. Is Lena also an Irish woman? Lena has actually lived in Ireland before, so she would know what makes a good Irish accent. Absolutely. He had a really good one, too. It was unbelievable. Oh, my word. Yeah, like I'm sure Brendan and everyone there had a blast filming that scene because with each ensuing line just kept getting more ridiculous and ridiculous. And one really understated note I loved was... um, each time they pan back to the Oxford bros reaction, you could hear Beard going, <laughs> like, oh my God, they're going to find me out. <laughs> so when it looked like the big Oxford bro might have been about to beat their brains in, instead he gives into a hearty laugh and one of the best cusses of the series. You Martin motherfucker, which is very satisfying to say, by the way. <laughs> so satisfying, I almost wanted to say it myself, but yeah. He keeps me around for a reason, you guys, and that's one of them. And then Beard's line at the end kind of sums up the whole scene. Marvelous, marvelous. <laughs> it was truly a marvelous moment. I'm right there with you, Kevin. And that's probably the extent of uh, praise I'm going to give to Beard After Hours, so just <laughs> letting you know. Seriously, you guys, I have been trying to get Kevin to like it for a really long time. I mean, as long as the episode has been out. In fact we talk about the episodes with a friend group that we have and I presented this particular episode and uh, trust me when I say if there's going to be a crack in Kevin's resolve, it's going to be made by me and I'm going to capitalize on it. 
We shall see. <laughs> oh, oh, no. All right, on to Chris Ann's fourth most happiest moment of season two. So, interestingly enough, my fourth most happy moment is also in Beard After Hours. When the boys go through the dark tunnel and they finally make it onto the pitch, um, where Beard has sent them to meet with Renee and he lets them onto the pitch, I actually welled up. I had tears in my eyes watching them because they were having so much fun and just the unbridled joy and running around on the field. And of course, Apple TV is not messing around with their music licenses. When they used the the Queen song, I, I was just like, I was giggling, I was crying. I was, it was just such a, an emotionally moving scene for me. I loved that moment when they were having a blast on the pitch. It's watching somebody be so filled with joy. It, it just, you can't help but enjoy that. And they did it really well. You could tell they were having fun together too. So I remember reading the some of the pub last saying that they were pretty surprised to be in this uh, Beard Spotlight episode and to get some extra screen time. So I'm sure that they're definitely happy with that scene. Yeah, I would think. It was so good. Mm. That's my number four. So Kevin, hit me with your number four. So my fourth happiest moment was from Do the Rightest Thing when Rebecca and Nora are writing up that email well, Rebecca's writing, but Nora's roasting Richard Cole. Yeah. I so I think Jimmy Kimmel said it best uh, when Brett was uh, on his show. He said that the only thing funnier than swearing in front of kids is kids swearing in front of adults. So I think that perfectly sums up this scene. I agree. I definitely agree. Rebecca really wanted to reconnect with Nora after, I believe it was six years away from her. Mm-hmm. It was six. And they found the most perfect and profane way to do it. <laughs> so true. I think in episode one or two, Ted says, I'm not going to say that word out loud. And I think that applies to almost everything Nora says here. I'm not going to repeat what she said. But I just found it was a really enjoyable juxtaposition of Rebecca being all calm and like, wearing her glasses and trying to make sure she's typing everything properly. And then Nora's like all super animated into it. Just, just really fun. Her roast was on point too. Very. I think the best line of all that was, please send my love to Daphne. (laughs) (laughs) Please send my love to Daphne. That is uh, some top tier level, uh, positive spin. Yeah. Very, very good. She knows what she's doing. All right, on to Corsan's number three happiest moment. My top three moment was from the Christmas episode, Carol of the Bells. It's when Sam is telling Higgins's youngest son, um, whose name I'm pretty sure we learned in season one, but I've completely forgotten. Please don't uh, call the superfan police on me. Um, when he's telling Higgins's son that there is a Santa, and the secret to Santa is not in his speed, but in his endurance and how he manages to see and get the, get the world, all of their presence in 24 different time zones. How precious was that? I mean, here's somebody who doesn't even celebrate Christmas explaining to a little boy that there really is a Santa. And um, 
then at the end when Santa flies overhead at the end of the episode, those things together, oh, so good. So, so good. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Carol the Bells is also one of my favorites, and we'll hear more about that in one of my top moments. Carol of the Bells, we could easily, I know, as we were talking about prepping for the episode, um, so many joyous, happy moments in that episode. Yeah, I was saying I could do a top five happies just from Carol of the Bells. Yeah, it's a really good episode. So many. Many of mine on my list that didn't make the cut for, for today are from Carol of the Bells. So, Hey, Kevin, I have a question for you. What is it, Chrisanne? What's your number three moment? Well, my number three moment is from the signal where Jamie is trying his hardest to convince Roy to coach him because unlike Jamie, that scene was anything but dull and conformist day. <laughs> Do I need to repeat what he, what he calls Roy to Ted? We'll get there later. Okay. I could listen to Jamie's accent all day, every day, twice on Sundays. Yeah, and this was like supersized family meal combo pack all in one. Like <laughs> he brought it all with the accent in this one. Oh, so good. So, so good. Found hilarious that Jamie would rather admit to being called ugly than having bad, bad hair. I mean, that's totally on brand considering like he's had like a million different hairstyles in the series so far and like oh, we still have another season. Jamie's Shout out Nikki definitely. Austin for all the haircuts for Jamie. Oh, go Nikki. So well done. Brett Goldstein has said a couple times that, um don't remember the exact words, but something along the lines of when he and Phil Dunster do scenes together, Apple must actually lose money because they laugh and just break so much when they're having scenes together. So for like, this scene where they have like insults throwing back and forth to each other. Like I'm sure it must've took like a week to film this. I would not be able to keep a straight face. I don't blame them a tiny bit. Especially with that uh, iconic line that uh, Jamie says to Roy. Yes. It's very iconic. <laughs> oh, was that my cue? Come on, Morgan. <laughs> you big fat, dumb baby, hairy twat. Really super niche, but um, I just found out recently that you notice in that sentence there's like four or five different adjectives. And in the English language, there's actually a specific ordering of adjectives. You're supposed to put them in so that it makes sense. So I'm actually going to look that up after to see if they got that order right. Anyway, that's yeah. enough of me being a, a writing nerd. I love it. I love that you're a writing nerd, Kevin. But you already know how I feel about your writing. That's how I got this gig. Exactly. <laughs> another great line from this scene was when roy said you can fucking build jeff bridges which is funny but also doesn't make sense but i'll just try to take it with the funny at face value <laughs> it's such a random reference yeah but like you get where he's coming from because like jamie burnt his bridges leaving richmond so absolutely i guess it's needed well, you know, for Ted Lasso, they got to drop in any pop culture references when they can. So instead of building just bridges, building Jeff Bridges. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Wouldn't be Ted Lasso without it. And then to wrap up the scene, Ted's still super confused what's going on. And 
So he just kind of resorts to his default personality, which is believe. So he literally points at the belief sign. And in case you didn't notice, that's actually the inspiration for our podcast cover. Ted pointing up to my logo. Thanks again to Chrisanne for designing the great cover. To her kid, Jamie, for drawing Ted. And to the OG Ted Lasso fan page, Cult of Lasso, for creating my Ted Lasso is life logo. It's pretty awesome. I'm not patting myself on the back, though. I was talking about your logo. (laughs) You can pat yourself a little bit. All right. Okay. I'll try not to break my arm. And now time for Chrisanne's number two top happiest moment of season two. So my favorite, my number two favorite heartwarming moment from season two is in the episode Rainbow. And it happens when Roy leaves the TV studio to go to the football stadium during the game because he realizes that he does indeed want to be a coach. Everything that he goes through to get there, giving away his watch to... Which is a great callback to season one where, of course, when he and Keeley are outside the training facility talking about his ex-girlfriend where he says, I don't need a phone and a watch. So clearly doesn't really need watches, Mr. Roy Kent. Yeah, he's good whether or not he's got a watch and he's willing to give it up. Um, Nice callback, Kevin. I like the deep cuts, as you know. Um, So then he gets to the pitch and the fans start chanting... He's here, he's there, he's every fucking where, Roy Kent. And the look on Keeley's face and Rebecca's face when he walks onto the pitch. Oh, it's another time that I cried. Very joyful, happy tears, but I cried. I love that moment. Yeah, and the critics did too, and especially the Emmy voters since he submitted Rainbow for his back-to-back win. Yeah, it's a really, really great moment. Oh, did you cry, Kevin? Did it make you cry? I did not. I actually had some thoughts about that ending, but we'll get there if we ever do a rewatch. On that note, listeners, if you'd like Chrisanne and I to do a full, proper rewatch of the entire Ted Lasso series at some point, feel free to hit me up at Ted Lasso is Life on Instagram to let us know. So, Kevin, what's your number two? Uh, so you mentioned the scene in episode two or three, Do the Rightest Thing, and that's actually one of my top moments as well. But full disclosure, I initially wasn't a fan of this scene because, as you may recall, Richmond started off the season with eight straight draws, and then in this episode, they lost as well. So my first thought was, why the fuck are they celebrating? But then I remembered season one's third episode, Trent Crane the Independent, when Ted told them... Success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping these young fellas become the best versions of themselves. And that's when I realized, despite losing on the pitch, they won in the locker room. The team camaraderie was exceptionally high with the Greyhounds supporting Sam's protest, as you mentioned. And then they successfully reintegrated the return of the prodigal son, or as I like to say, the prodigal prick. (laughs) I like that. And then the team photo at the end with Nora was super sweet. It inspired one of my earlier memes on my Ted Lasso is Life fan pages. So the caption I put on Nora was me watching Ted Lasso. And then for the guys, I put my endorphins because they all look so happy in the picture. And I think it represents how I and I think a lot of other Ted Lasso fans feel when they watch the show. Absolutely. 100%. A thousand percent, as Ted would say. I also loved when Keely yelled, Oh, hide your beers. Because as someone who's worked with a wine company, 
having minors in the presence of alcohol is a big no-no. So I'm glad that they pointed that out. Yeah, that was good. That whole scene is so wholesome. And especially the end credits, too, with all the goofy poses. That song, that song that they use for those end credits, just, I love it so much. Such a great song. Oh, the whole vibe. Shout out to Bill Lawrence's wife, Krista Miller, who, as you may recall from Scrubs, played Jordan. She's actually one of the music supervisors on the show, so great stuff as usual. And now finally for Chrisanne's number one happiest moment from season two. Oh, it's a good one. It's in the very first episode, and it's when... Keely and Roy are on their double date after the double date when Keely and Rebecca are debriefing each other on their their hot takes about how it went. And I thought it was so funny, by the way, that they kept saying he's not shy (laughs) because who cares? Who cares about that? And Roy pipes in and says, fucking hell. And Rebecca asks him if there's a problem. And he then goes on to say, tell the truth. He's fine. That's it. There's nothing wrong with that. Most people are fine, but it's not about him. It's about why the fuck you think he deserves you. You deserve somebody who makes you feel like you've been struck by fucking lightning. Don't you dare settle for fine. That moment says so much. First of all, it says something about how he feels about Keely. It says something about the esteem with which he holds Rebecca in, um, It's also Ted Lasso being oh so Ted Lasso and very low key helping people learn things that will help make them a better person. And that, you know, it should always be, how does this person make me feel? How do I feel in their presence when we're considering having a relationship? And I just, I love that they did that. I love that we got to see inside the heart and mind of Roy Kent and see how he ticks. It's so passionate. It's so poetic. And um, it, it says so much about the way he sees the world and the way he sees the people that fit into his life. Did you like that moment, Kevin? I did because the underlying message of that was since he's with Keely, Keely makes Roy feel like he's been struck by fucking lightning. Yes. Yes, indeed. So for everyone who thinks that Roy and Keely broke up at the end of season two, I plead you to reconsider. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's That would be akin to Jay-Z and Beyonce breaking up. I don't know if you remember that moment when he's speaking to Beard, but they won't break up. They're not breaking up. It hurts to even up. just say it. It hurts to even just say it. Yeah, it's true. So, Kevin, I am dying to hear about your number one favorite happy moment from season two. Well, as mentioned before, Carol the Bells could have done an entire top five just from that episode. So no surprise that my favorite happiest moment was also from Carol the Bells. Specifically, the ending, there's just so much joy with them on the street party. And of course, anytime Hannah Waddingham sings, it's a win already. And unlike episode 107, Make Rebecca Great Again, where they had a karaoke, Jason, of course, sorry, Ted wasn't part of that because obviously he's dealing with the panic attack. So luckily this time he got to join in on the singing. And I say this in an affectionate way. He has a very amusing singing face. I don't know if that was done on purpose or but 
Yeah, it was. It's very cute. Yeah, it's very cute and goofy. And I didn't know his voice could go that low. Yeah, that he's going low register there. Very hot. Well done, Mr. Sudeikis, sir. Well done, Ted. So just a note about the party. In an um, interview with the LA Times, writer and co-creator Joe Kelly and director Declan Lowney, they said that because of the pandemic, this was kind of the first time they had like a lot of extras in the cast in such a big setting. So if the people in the party looked extra happy, might have not been acting. It might have just been they were just really happy to see each other again. Yeah, I can imagine that would have been fun doing a doing a scene all together after having been so isolated. I mean, I would just be grinning my butt off listening to Hannah and Jason sing together. And then to backtrack a little, before they went out into the street, of course, Higgins gave a great toast. And another tidbit from the article, don't worry, I'll link it in the show notes. When he was listing all the players' hometowns, those were actually the real-life hometowns of the actors, which is a pretty nice touch and just shows how much everyone on the show loves working with each other. It was such a beautiful moment. Higgins' whole speech was just beautiful. That made me cry, too. And it just me, or did he kind of have, like, a little extra in his voice when he said Kingston? I think he did, yeah. <laughs> and then to what Higgins said... To the family we're born with and to the family we make along the way, and most importantly, to Richmond, that line really resonated with me since, of course, you and I, we met online through our weekly Ted Lasso call. So feel very grateful to meet you and all of our mutual friends. So I think that's another one of the lasting messages of Ted Lasso, because no matter who you meet and how you meet them, whether it's in person or online, you can really develop a lasting connection. and a, Thank the show for connecting us together. I was thinking about that the other day too. And I think you're absolutely right. Everybody that I've met, and I thank you for introducing me to all of these amazing people that are now such dear friends of mine. Um, so Kev, thanks for being part of the family that I've made along the way. And thanks to Ted Lasso. Likewise, Chris. If you could see me right now, I have little hard eyes beaming out at you. <laughs> yeah, and the reason why I can't see Chris on because we've had literally every single fucking technical difficulty you could have. Like, her mic couldn't connect. I forgot my headphones. Her power went out somehow. Like, and now both of our batteries on our laptop are about to die. So we really got to wrap this up really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Maybe someday we'll have a uh, a little honorable mention happy moments or other moments that we can talk about because it was really, really tough for me to narrow it down to just five. This show makes me so happy. It's been one of the ways that has made life so extra sweet. Not only meeting you, but just the, sh the show itself. And on that note, that is the end of our episode today. So hopefully if you've been feeling sad about the Ted Lasso hiatus, Listening to our happiest moments of season two hopefully lifted your mood a little bit, at least. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd greatly appreciate it if you could follow, rate, and review. It's the easiest and free way to support us. Be like Ted and give us a five-star certified fresh review. And we're very thankful to everyone who has already. For more of my content, follow me at Ted Lasso is Life on Instagram. I'm the most comprehensive Ted Lasso page round with videos, news, fun facts, analysis, and of course, memes. 
Yeah, if if y'all haven't seen Kevin's page yet, which I doubt is even possible, he's the meme king. He's the Ted Lasso meme king. And again, the reason why I'm 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 the co-host of this podcast. I became a huge fan because Kevin is the best. Partial reason. Partial reason, right? Yeah. So until next time, Greyhounds, onward, forward. <laughs>